are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Welcome everybody to another episode of PursuitCast. Uh, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. And with me right now via Skype, uh, I have a special guest with me, um, a good friend of ours. Um, her and her husband have um, been a part of the, the blog and, and our Frontier Night last year. Um, and it's my pleasure to welcome uh, Lydia Yoon. Hey, Lydia, how are you? Hi, Sam. What a great honor all the time. Um, yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us and just always partnering with us and and believing in us. Um, and and we just counted a privilege to have you once again. Um, I guess for the sake of the listeners who are listening, if you could just share uh, with everyone just who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Lydia. I'm a wife to my husband, John, and mother of two beautiful daughters. Uh, I have a three-year-old, uh, Adeline, and a one-year-old. She just turned one, Hadassah. Um, I'm also a missionary and a worship leader, and currently serving uh, in the worship department of YWAM, YWAM in the Kansas City base. That's used with a mission uh, we're a missions organization. Uh, we have bases all over the world, but yeah, it's, we're just so excited to be a part of um, the community that's at Kansas City, right next to uh, IHOP, and just yeah, learning to do life together. Awesome! I, I just got to be there with you guys as well a few months back, and um, and just got to witness and see it firsthand. Um, and while I was there, I got to see you lead worship as well. Um, so can you just share how long you've been worsh- uh, leading worship? Yeah. Um, so my father is a pastor, and he, so obviously I'm a pastor's child. Uh, uh, I He did house church uh, for since ever since I was born. And so um, I accompanied him on the, the piano uh, since I was in the fourth grade. Really, I, I thought I was doing him a service, but he definitely was doing me a service. Uh, by training me and allowing me to be a part of the worship team in that way. And then so I started leading worship in high school because we didn't really have um, like a pastor uh, for our youth group. And so we just, you know, made do with what we had. Um, And so really, I really just worshipped in my home church. That That was really the start of everything for me. Was music just a part of your childhood as well growing up? Oh, yeah. Just being a... Uh, creative, I guess that's what they would say. Um, um, I always ran to the piano whenever I was happy or when I was sad. So, you know, not having words to express um, exactly, you know, what I'd be feeling. I'd just be sitting there and playing all the time. And then obviously in my walk with the Lord, it, 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 it really deepened things. And just that was my alone time. That was my secret time with the Lord. So it just, it was always a part of my life. And you also shared that you're serving with uh, YWAM as a missionary with your family, your husband. Uh, how did God call you into missions? Um, I think that's something that I can only answer in in uh, retrospect because when I look into my life, really, I think He's given me the convictions. Um, yeah, I remember even uh, reading through the book Radical by David Platt and 
just conversations here and there and um, in community living with uh, even back at my home church, just um, all those convictions lined up when I when I looked at it in again, in retrospect, it really was the missionaries call um, just like the even the <laughs> something as simple as the, the completely financially dependent life on the Lord. Um, everything lined up to just the life of a missionary I wanted. I didn't want, you know, lukewarm faith. I didn't want uh, any of those compromises. And then obviously being married to my husband, we were in uh, church ministry for um, a number of years. And then, you know, thinking that we were going to, we were going to bury our bones in New York, although we will never, our hearts will never leave New York. Um, uh, yeah, the Lord just broke in and it within a span of a month my husband pretty much received all the convictions that I had held in my heart for you know like a decade prior and just by the end of that year um yeah he totally opened the door to missions for us and so as a family we walked in and answered that call upon our on our lives as a missionary and a worship leader in your opinion how how does worship and missions go hand in hand um, you know, there's that, uh, quote that John Piper says, um, that, uh, worship, well, missions ex exist because worship doesn't. And I totally agree. And, um, I think more than anything, um, really the picture in Revelation five is, uh, is what I keep in my heart. It's, it's the inheritance that Jesus is worthy of. And, um, just that picture of him, receiving the glory and honor and praise and wealth and all these things that he's so worthy of just from all the nations of the world, every tribe, every people group, mm. just worshiping, um, yeah, the lamb who was slain. Um, and so I think um, that along with even just the timing of where I feel um, that we're at in the body of Christ, um, I really uh, just see him, um, really launching out worshipers into the battlefield. You know, as we can see in Second uh, Chronicles 20, you know, there's the picture of the worshipers going first. And before they even come with any other, other weapons, they were just there worshiping the Lord. And the enemy is thrown into this disarray and confusion, and they just destroy each other. And, you know, the victory of the Lord stands. And I really feel like he is, um, yeah, blasting just that, that sound of victory and, um, that worship is going to be that guarantee for what's to come. Um, and so I just, yeah, I see those two really working hand in hand, even as he just accelerates everything that he's doing with the kingdom. That's good. Uh, what, what is your definition of worship since, um, as someone who is in the mission field and like you're saying, just the connection there, I feel like in the church today, it, it becomes so much a performance or just music mm -hmm and things like that. But um, how would you personally define worship as well? Um, I always go by this definition. I believe that it's a, it's a response to seeing God rightly. Um, you know, it's like, I think a lot of the times we have this, yeah, like you're saying, the performance and works mentality where when I come into the presence of God, where when I'm at church, like as if we need to sum up something inside of us to worship Him, but actually, all we need is just a glimpse. All we need is a revelation of who He is. And it's it's the natural response. If we just would see who He is, whatever aspect of that that might be, you know, just the love of God or the, 
the mercy of God, man, those things can blast us for millennia. You know, I think that's literally what's going to be happening in all of eternity when we're with him, that just, we're just going to get to explore the depths and the rich, the, the riches of, of God and who he is. Um, and so that's why we're going to be worshiping in, in all of eternity because it, it'll take us that long to even grasp how amazing mm-hmm. and glorious that he is. And so I really feel like it's just a, you know, it's just a response to seeing God rightly. Yeah, I feel like, like you're saying, just even a glimpse could just yeah. go on for eternity as well. So. Right, yeah. Great. Uh, just to transition a little bit here, um, it, keeping on in the topic of worship and, and music, I know that you're currently working on a new project. Can you share um, a little bit about that? Yeah, Um uh, so this uh, this song, well, the project is called For Joy, and uh, the single that is going to be the first piece of that project is also called For Joy, and um, yeah, it's 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 a song that I wrote um, during uh, my first pregnancy with my first daughter, and that was already what four years ago now, and uh, it was just a really hard time. I think um, uh, I was, you know. Obviously, just even pregnancy in itself can be a, an emotional mess, but really not feeling the presence of the Lord, I think, was something that I was walking through. But, you know, I, I thank the Lord for truth where I knew at least that it wasn't that like God had left me because that's not biblical. You know, it says that mm-hmm. his presence is always with me. And so I was, um, yeah, I, I was really holding on to that truth and I was meditating on it for for months and um yeah i think that's where the song came from when i when i came to the revelation of jesus of how literally he was the only man who actually endured separation from god and how how he postured himself what how did he go through that and it was for the joy that was set before him and in the same way you know the song it it, it turns into this um it, to, to this anthem and response for us to to walk for joy, you know, and to run for joy, um, no matter what suffering and what, whatever pain that we need to endure through, that he's um, he's that joy that we're going we're headed towards and that we're going to attain. Um, and so, just the the project in itself is is going to um, entail the single that I'm recording. I'm trying to uh, do that um, again. You know, go back into the uh, the studio and finish that up and then uh, definitely have more ideas for an EP um, centered around the family, you know, just writing from the place of being a mom and a wife. I really feel the Lord just giving me um, inspiration for um, songs to minister to the family. Um, And so all of it is tied in, but um, yeah, it's just starting off with that project. That's great. I've heard snippets of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, when can people expect to be able to hear it for themselves? Uh, we're working towards, um, let's say, early early April. <laughs> yeah, I think we can expect it around then. Cool. So you shared how your family is um, just living life with family has been part of the inspiration for your writing process. Um, is there anything else that helps you write or, or inspires you to write uh, your music? Oh, yes. Um, I think it's natural as an, as an artist to 
you know, right from the place of where they're, where they're at, you know, just like experience life. Um, and that really is, is powerful because it really speaks to those who are in similar situations. But, you know, something that we even talk about during our uh, worship focus in our DTS programs um, is just a strategic content-based writing. And it's amazing because we have amazing content and that's the word of God. And it's, it's definitely different from writing where you're at. Uh, but it's just amazing how the word of God just comes alive when we just declare it, you know, just I, like you make your, you make up your mind. This is what I'm going to sing about. This truth is what I'm going to amplify through my voice. And it, it really comes alive. And so, yeah, definitely the word of God being just such a blessing, such a gift um, uh, for us to work with uh, is definitely something that I believe uh, we need even more in the church and uh, just uh, in the corporate worship setting. No, that's really good. I mean, even in, in, in some of the most powerful worship songs, they're pretty much straight out of Psalms, you know, that right. they sing in church. So it's great. Yeah. Um, who are some of your uh, favorite musical artists, um, Christian and non-Christian, that you look to that inspires you, um, their styles, um, you know, and so on? Yeah, um, it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> I think I'm discovering my own voice and sound as well, but definitely uh, gleaning from Misty, you know, just I love her boldness. I love her just real raw, like this is what I'm seeing because I'm singing to God and, and God alone, you know, just she doesn't care what it sounds like, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, just a, a gritty sound. Um, yeah, she just she just directly ministers to the Lord. So, uh, just that heart piece uh, has definitely been something that I've been trying to, um, yeah, glean from. And uh, for sure, Stephanie Gretzinger, yeah, love her heart, love her passion. Um, you know, yeah, most of the Bethel Collective. I mean, that's they just they just have amazing artists. Um, and then just in terms of, I think music style, like uh, I really appreciate gospel and. Um, Jimmy Needham, <laughs> he's got that fresh sound. Um, yeah, but I think in the midst of it, it's just um, in the end probably really looking for inspiration to find my voice and not trying to mimic any of that mm. because really recognizing that literally no one else in the world has my voice. And I think it's come, it's, I've come a long way in that sense because I had this revelation where you know, just like we can't love anyone if we don't love ourselves, we can't really fully love God if we don't love our voices. Mm. Like, how, how can you expect to, you know, be ashamed of your voice and yet be lifting that up to God to worship Him? You know, and there's just a, there's, there's a lack there. And, and so, yeah, just le learning to find my voice and uh, worship the Lord, really just enjoying it thoroughly as much as He is, even as He hears my voice, I think mm -hmm. has been a big learning uh, learning process for me too. No, I think that's really good because I feel like, you know, so often leaders can get caught up in, you know, being the next so-and-so mm -hmm. or, or even feeling insecure or unsure about their own voice. But um, I think what you're saying there is just so true and so powerful uh, mm -hmm. once people embrace the voice that god has given them right and it's ironic because once you try to mimic another person it, you, like you can already tell 
just by hearing the voice that it's just not the authentic that people mm-hmm. are looking for. But when you just own up to what you have and you just love what the Lord has made, then it's like that. that's where creativity, creativity explodes out of you. That's where confidence explodes out of you. And it, it, that's really what draws people, although that's not our aim. Like that's, that's what's going to speak to people's hearts. Yeah, that's good. Uh, one of my yeah. friends, he said, um, the most authentic you is the most anointed you. And yes, so much I totally agree. Yeah. That is so great. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you would give to worship leaders, whether they're starting out, whether they're mm-hmm. um, you know, seasoned veterans, or, or even trying to figure out their, their own voice? You know, what, what's the best advice that you would give them? You know, um, this is something that we're just starting to tap into. Um, but I want to call, call it strategic worship. And uh, again, I think it has to do with just the time that we're living in, what the Lord wants to do through these, through this like ekbalo, this the sending out of the worshipers into the nations and into the places where worship doesn't exist. Um, and I believe what that looks like is um, really understanding uh, as a worship leader what you are anointed for, mm-hmm. and um, it goes even beyond just the worship setting. But uh, you know, any worship leader can identify the anointings that they carry. And uh, we've been learning about this from our base director, Mark Anderson. And he was talking about how there are over 300 kinds of anointings just in scripture. And we don't carry every single one of them, although there is this grace to, I think, tap into any of them. But as a body, we carry very specific ones. And so I think... I think practically what that looks like is don't try to do everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, we, we put a lot of things upon ourselves. Uh, uh, but what, what that happens is it, it leads to burnout as well as um, just it, it just lacks expression of the entire body. Um, and so looking into scripture and, and praying, you know, praying and just conversing, conver- with the Lord and asking, you know, what and what and what am I called to? What anointing uh, have you given me? You know, whether that's an an anointing for breakthrough, an anointing for intimacy, anointing for just the ad- adoptions as sons and daughters. Um, there are ones who carry different ones, and to just acknowledge one another um, and to use that to, um, yeah, just to display what it looks like to function as a body. Um, and, and actually, when you try to do this, what it does, it actually makes a lot of the impurities and the insecurities of our hearts surface because we can start, you know, just, um, yeah, even if someone has the same one, it's like, oh, wait, I thought I was anointed for that, but that person has it too. You know, how does that work? Mm-hmm. But the way that I see it is, you know, there are, you know, probably hundreds of thousands or even millions of cells that make up even just the pinky of the body. And it's not that these cells are are supposed to be against each other, right? They're they they all actually are knitted together to create this the pinky cell, and so for all of us to actually link up even more intentionally with the ones uh, that have that similar anointing or similar calling upon their lives, and and to champion one another, uh, so that in the end that we will really just show a a better picture of what the body looks like and allow the body to function as a body. 
um, yeah, so that, I don't know why I'm, I'm talking about this, but I just felt mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, just that unity piece, you know, whether that's in the context of uh, the worship team or just, you know, m- multiple worship leaders in a church or a worship community just to champion one another and, um, yeah, to just really express how the body, the, the body of Christ should look like even in the worship setting. No, that's good. I feel like just to kind of bring it full circle in terms of everything we're talking about, um, I feel like what you're saying right now, I guess the picture I'm getting is, you know, as we talked about embracing and and finding your voice, it's, um, you know, you don't do that necessarily to have a solo, but to find your place in the choir. You know, that's kind of how I see it. It's, you know, it's not about you being on stage and, 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 you know, being a soloist, but in how you fit into the harmonies uh, within the body, within the choir, within all yeah. the voices that God is already raising up. And, yeah. and your voice, you know, um, you know, it's not in competition with, with anyone else's and, mm-hmm. and, and anyone else's voice doesn't diminish yours either. Um, but that's just finding it within what God is doing, you know, in the body. So, yeah, it's really good, Sam. Yeah, um, as we wrap up um, our time here, um, as you know, um, our ministry, our vision is revival or bust. You know, we wanting to see revival um, in this region, in New York City and all over the nation, in Kansas City, where, where you guys are based. Um, how would you personally define revival? Mm, I would define revival as... God's people um, coming back to or just being born into the original design Mm -hmm. uh, that God has for them. And I believe from that place of revival, I don't believe revival is for uh, the world. I believe the revival is for his children, his church. Um, And from there, you know, there will be even greater uh, just reformation and just a um, a transformation that we'll see, t- you know, touch the out- outside world. Uh, but I really pray that we would experience revival as his his children and his church, his bride. Um, yeah, that it would just, yeah, it would be heaven on earth. You know, mm-hmm. just the the unity, the the worship, the glory, the the peace that would reign uh, among us and. Um, yeah, that's how I would define revival for myself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us um, and just being a guest on our podcast. Um, how yes, can fe- people? Pleasure. Yeah, our honor to have you. Um, how can people find out more information about you, um, your upcoming projects, and and even uh, what you and your husband are up to with YWAM? Yeah. Um, so my husband is also now my manager, and he's a great one. <laughs> he's been, oh man, working harder I think than even yeah, I have. Yeah, he's he's the one who booked this podcast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's so great. So thankful for him. Thank you, John. <laughs> well, uh, he's actually set up a, a website under my name, also that's LydiaYoon.com, L-Y-D-I-A-Y-O-O-N.com. And um, it's under construction right now, but we have a little snippet of even, you know, just the explanation that I gave for the whole For, for Joy project. And um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to put a lot more content up there. 
Um, also, yeah, just uh, we have a family blog that's uh, yunfamily.com. Um, no, sorry, that's the wrong one. <laughs> we switched it over to uh, uh, John and Lydia at WordPress. Um, so you, you guys can look us up there. You know, we try to put blogs up to, um, yeah, just to give updates and snippets of what's going on. Um, so, yeah, any other way, probably our Facebook, <laughs> the usual you know, social media inlets are also linked to my uh, my site at Lydia Yoon. Um, so for all those who are listening, um, we'll have all the links available for you uh, when, when this podcast goes live. And thank you once again, Lydia. And thank you to everyone for tuning in once again. God bless. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the Ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.